0: Good morning! Welcome to Your Real, Your Ideal again. How are you doing, Sandy? You know what?
1: I am great. It is beautiful. Good. Sun is shining. It is good. How are you?
0: Good, good. I went for my walk this morning and took a shower for you. How about that? Hey, so we said <laughs> we both we both came on and said, "Oh, look, we both curled our hair a little bit." I know. <laughs> <A> little <laughs> lipstick. I know. I know. Talking about that, we did a call yesterday, and it was like. I was grubby. I think you are fine. But I was like, oh, today I put on my makeup and got all ready, which made me start reflecting on our topic today, which is I'll have what she's having because I kept thinking, oh, I need to look good because we're taping today. So I got to do everything. But this all having what you're having or what she's having, um, this is a quote from the movie Harry, When Harry Met Sally. And I actually pulled up the clip this morning to remind myself of all the stuff that happened. Cause I'm like, this is so funny. And um, I'll talk a bit about it and then I'm going to turn it over to Cindy Cause this topic was her topic, like her title. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love this. So in the clip, we have Sally and Harry visiting and they're in a diner and Harry's reflecting about how all the women he's loved, uh, are very satisfied, very happy. And Sally is like, well, how do you know? And he was like, well, you know, and so she's like, oh, they have the orgasm. And, and then she's like, they're not faking it. And he was like, no, no, I would know. And then, you know, conversation continues. (laughs) And then she goes full on with the fake (laughs) in the diner. Okay. And Harry gets the point that obviously it can it was, be fake. She did a fake really well. She did it really well. And then the lady next to her, and the booth next to them says, "I'll have what she's having." Right. So, Sandy, why did? Why are we talking about this today? you know, the, this clip came back to me and it came as
1: a title. I was actually going to use it as uh, a speaking engagement or a blog. i voice like liked the title, but where it came from is one thing that happens to me a lot. And I tend to be a really happy person. That's just, if you look at uh, my top strengths, I tend to be, my mom calls me Pollyanna. But on top of that, I've made some life changes and I'm happily married. I, you know, I enjoy the day-to-day things in life, but people will say to me often, You know, I want, uh, because I'm happily married. I want, I need a husband just like yours. I need, uh, I'm not happy, but I would be happy if I had, a good relationship. I would be happy if I lived in the mountains and I'm just naming different things. So my observation was I would have a lot of people coming to me for advice and what they'd say were things of, I want what you're having. And if I have what you're having, then I'll be happy. And I kept thinking, this is so messed up. You know, it's not, you're not going to, there's not a prince on a horse that's going to show up. And because he shows up, life is great. You know, my marriage takes work and it, it it might appear a certain way in that it's always happy but it's it's the investment we make in it daily as two people you know that make it a great thing so the perception of if i just have that husband and i'll be happy or if i just move to somewhere nice if i had a career change if i had the courage i hear that a lot too if i had your courage and i would change my career or do what i want or if i quit my job if i have this then i'll be happy I always had visions, I don't know why this, the lady that said I'll have what she's having and I have to talk through people when I mentor them, people that I'm coaching from a professional standpoint Mm -hmm. to say it's much more complicated than that and don't get hung up in having what she's having because it's probably a fake orgasm or you're not seeing what's really there. Even the depth of Harry and Sally's relationship, she, she had, you have no idea by surface What happiness is, and then the other side is, is you, what's happy for you, doesn't, what what brings me happiness might not necessarily bring you happiness. And we have different worlds and circumstances that go around that. So unpacking that is the beginning And that title. And that situation makes a ton of sense in unpacking it. Most people can laugh and say, okay, I get it. You know, it's what they saw in
0: Sally wasn't the real. Totally, totally. And there's so many times that, um, well, I'll take a, I'll give you a perfect example. I get these emails from Ann Taylor every day because I like Ann Taylor clothes. Right. And I, they've got great photographs of their clothes and they've looked good. And I'm like, Oh, I think I would be so happy in that outfit. <laughs> and so it's like, a, Oh, Yeah, that, if I just had that one shirt, I would feel so happy. And then it's like, you get it. And it's like, all right, I feel the same. (laughs) I might, it's cute, but it, it doesn't actually bring me the happiness that I um, think it will. I I, I think it, I think stuff always has that disappointment for me. Right. Stuff always does. Yes. Yes, um, I so recently reflecting on this when you were talking about this, um, the what it is that you think you want and how you're going to get it, like you that's the the, you order the pie because you think you're going to get the the orgasm. I mean that's such um, an interesting thing. I started reflecting back on just all the choices from uh, where I went to school and what degree I pursued because I thought I would get the, you know, and and because I've transitioned, I started out as an engineer and then I've transitioned to a business owner Mm -hmm. out of that field because that field didn't give me the the feeling I wanted. It didn't give me the happiness. It gave me the money, which I thought was going to bring me the happiness, which is all that's a whole different level. So, yeah, this is a great topic. So, there's a
1: so, so I like to use the word happiness because uh, it's funny because if I'm talking to a male, sometimes they're like, oh, you know, that happiness isn't the right word. Yeah. It's well being. Call it what you want. Okay. But, right. but the reality is, Nobody ever said, "I hope to live an unhappy life didn't Does any human say that so whether no. it 's purpose or if there's a better word, but I, I go with happiness because ultimately doesn 't everybody want to be happy doesn 't everybody right. want happiness for their kids and and then success is an action, a way of doing you know i 'm successful in doing an action you 're trying to get happiness is a way of being so success is a way yeah. of doing happiness is a way of being and one thing that I break down, one thing I've been studying a lot of, and it's, I call it the happiness factor, okay, so you can ask somebody, so let's go back to those people that say to me, I want what you're having, because right now, I'll say, what's your happiness factor, in this state of time, not, not euphoria of, oh, I just, you know, in the moment, but in this period of your life, how happy are you, and, you know, it's a six, it's a five, it might be great. It might be an eight, but they want to get it up to a 10 because they think if I had this, it would be you know right, right up there, right. which is unrealistic anyway, because nobody is for, for an extended period of time because we are humans and things happen, right? But right. I always break it down because the reality is, so how that factor works in its most simplistic sense is value times action equals happiness, okay? And so it's the why multiplied. So the value is why, action is how, and happiness is what, okay? It's what you're getting out of it. Most everybody starts with the what, and they try to nail what that what is. And the easy part is, is by looking at other people and saying, okay, I'm going to get a good boyfriend. I'm going to quit my job. They, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to buy a new wardrobe. And so what they do is they focus on that what, and they're looking at it backwards. You have to start with your why and and then and making it a little how. bit deeper. So you unfold, and then what's the best how? You know, My how versus how my kids get there. We're all a little bit different in our best, cause you want the how that's your, easiest, best, and most enriching path to get there, right? Uh, we were talking before we started this, uh, so so here I'll give a, a, a little background for those that are listening. Uh, Amy, who is a learner, had sent me uh, the link to get a ring to get some better lighting for when we do videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I open up my box. Of course, this is back to my how oh, what, a half an hour before we start and I'm supposed to charge it first. (laughs) And back to my how, I'm reading all these little instructions and at the end of the day, I'm a visual learner. And so my how, first of all, I have to understand that don't wait till the last minute, number one, because that's a natural inclination. But knowing that my best way is I should have watched the videos. And if I watch the videos, I can get, and this is a simplistic example. But my how isn't reading the detailed instructions or during the research before I found it, you know, until I opened the package for the first time, I had no idea how this thing went together. My husband, the engineer, would have known exactly how it went together, read about it, looked at it, and had the thing set up two days before to make sure it worked. So, you know, our hows are a little bit different and it's finding, the perfect how to get there, to get the light working right. when it needs to be working and understanding
0: right. our own limitations. Um, right. So here's my question for you. Like, how do you balance? Because this is something I think we all struggle with. Um, you you called yourself a Pollyanna or your mom calls you a Pollyanna. I'm a bit like that too. Like I try to see the good. I try to focus on the good. And um, so when I'm sharing things with friends it's typically good stuff I don't I don't want to bring people down with bad stuff you know occasionally if I feel I need to but it's typically oh you know good stuff and I think social media is a reflection of that of this um people highlighting their good stuff because usually when people are always highlighting bad stuff we um we would block them or stop reading their post because right. it's like, oh my gosh, are they complaining again? You know, so, um, so having that balance of what you're sharing with people mm-hmm. um, with being vulnerable with what the reality is. And, um, you know, there's, I, I feel like there's a big struggle there. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think?
0: Like I think there's a
1: huge struggle there and there's this other, if you picture, like if you picture when I called the happiness factor value times action equals the what, yeah. it gets deeper than that. But then picture all these clouds and arrows going all around it because that's the uncontrollable stuff too. Because you can't control right. everything in your life. You can't, uh, my my oh, okay. dad got diagnosed with dementia. My child has a learning, uh, that, has autism. Uh, my I lost all my money because the economy sank. You know, there's all these other things that impact that. And almost nobody is going to share those things. They are going to share the health things if they want prayers, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, they need somebody to, but the, everybody has all those things going on that makes even that action more difficult. And it's called being human because at the end right. of the day, wouldn't we all like you know? Back to that clip in the movie. It's funny. It's cute. Everybody wants the perfect ideal, and sometimes we live in that reality by posting back to social media, posting and sharing only the good things because it it uh, it, it gives it, it gives yourself a misconception even of your own life. And okay. and how Bye. often do you hear about the. And we're gonna get into this with parenting because they have it worse than we did because Amy, let's just both say we're both happy there was no social media when we were our children's age. Oh my
0: gosh, <laughs> I'm so thankful. If they had a record of everything I did, I'd be in trouble. <laughs> and, and even, yeah.
1: you know, kids can be mean. You know, I I I think of the term, and I say this a lot to uh, young adults, you know, I want to say it the exact right way. I'm sorry. It's um, clever can be kind and clever can be cruel. Okay. So use it in the right way. You might not even think you're being cruel, but, you know, being quick witted, being written, social media is good for that because the people that are followed the most are very clever. They're very, maybe they're very good at communicating, but it can be kind and it can be cruel. And so, And that's a lesson when you're posting something, you think you're going to, you're saying something, always think, give yourself credit because you're quick witted and coming up with something, but lean on the fact of being kind, not being cruel. Um, You know, the worst thing we could do back in the day is pass notes around or, I mean, all the venues to easily be cruel, even if that might not be the intent because you think you're being funny and it's publicized to the world is tough and and reality is distorted and his reality oh my gosh what did i see uh you know back to the um artificial intelligence you can replace people's pictures and videos um and again you know back to and my personalities i go off on a tangent i see people putting their profile picture and it's so filtered from snapchat that i think they're beautiful the way they are (laughs) and they have this and and, and my heart goes out thinking you know you looked great without all the filters and the butterflies and the beautiful eyes and I
0: know I'm just going to say I love the Snapchat filters my complexion always looks so good <laughs> <I'm> just- <laughs> But I, you know, I wouldn't make that my profile Any, shot. But so just, you know, back to vulnerability, <laughs> I saw when I was doing
1: a, when I was researching Zoom, there's a filter on here. I have many more lines than you're seeing, but there's actually oh. a filter in Zoom that makes you look better on the video or does like
0: a thing so oh uh, that's hilarious I haven't seen that I need to find that no, Sometimes, like, when, when I do the video like with my mom and her sisters they're like
1: oh you look really good Sandy I'm like I swear when I looked in the mirror I've got you know you can see the
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. The more defined in real life let me tell you so talking about these filters and the reality I'll tell you the story uh, one of my girlfriends lived across town here in Omaha and we hung out quite a bit. We had little kids together. This was way back when. And, um, but we were across town. So when we were hanging out, we always had to arrange to make sure somebody was home, you know, or, you know, we scheduled our, our visits and play dates and stuff like that. Well, you know, about four or five years in the relationship, we're very close and a house across the street goes up for sale across the street from me. And they looked at the house and And she was like, "Um, are you okay with us moving across the street? She's like, be really serious. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. But then I like stopped and I paused because I'm like, okay, but here's the reality. If we're now neighbors, that means you'll probably see me in my pajamas. Now my house is not going to be clean. Every time you knock on my door, you know, it was like, Okay. The expectation of a straightened and staged and cleaned house, like, because when people are coming over, we tend to pick up. Right. And we tend to get out of our pajamas. We'll put our hair in a ponytail. We'll, we'll freshen up ourselves. We'll make sure the kids are cleaned up a little, at least out of their pajamas. You know what I mean? There was like this whole circus of events that would happen before, um, I knew they were coming, but being a neighbor and being able just to knock on the door anytime completely changed the dynamic. And I'm going to, she's lovely. We're still really good friends, but that um, shift and that vulnerability and being fully visible really changed our friendship for the better. Like there were no more, um, you know, my kitchen was a mess sometimes when she came over and my dishes weren't done. And there was still that full acceptance and that full acknowledgement of, Hey, we're normal. We're all the same. We're all doing the same stuff, which was, um, a real growing experience for me. Cause I had never really had, um, I don't think I had ever really had a friend like that, that saw, that dropped in and saw the full me and all the vulnerabilities. So you just was... brought up, you, you just made something go off in my head
1: here a little bit. The yeah. word vulnerability, because people get really hung up when I say it really, the core to everything is value. Vulnerability goes with value because value isn't it's here value are my value. values. And if I stick close to my values, it's all good. Because guess what? Life is not a solo sport. At all. Right. So Sorry, yeah. you are bo- is, even if you try to make it a solo sport, it is not. And yeah. part of happiness is being valued, valuing yourself for who you are, valuing others. You know whether you call it gratitude, and all that comes down to the other V of vulnerability because it's real. You know valuing others isn't liking right. every post they put on Instagram or Sna- Or uh, do you like on Snapchat? No, yeah, I think you chat on Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, like on Facebook, it's not that. It's yeah, what yeah, you no. talked about with or your TikTok. friend. Now it's TikTok. It's TikTok. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's valuing each other, but part of it's being vulnerable, and those are the most lasting, deep friendships that lead to whether it be your significant other, your circle, your family. It's truly valuing each other for who you are, allowing yourself to be vulnerable, and understanding each other's values, whether they may be different at the same, but that's the core to getting to the end point, right? It's it's those relationships, but vulnerability goes hand in hand with value because that's truly valuing a human for who they are and and yourself, you've got to be, you've got to take yourself and say, valuing others and being valued, you also have to understand what it is that makes you unique and what brings you to the table too because we're all different we're all a little bit different and that's right. okay
0: right it's a good you know um going back to uh, things being staged and looking good for whatever right. pictures or for people coming over one of the things i started um, after susie moved in across the street i started realizing how good it was to see her house a mess because it gave me permission to not feel like my house had to be messy. And so I always started saying, okay, if my house is messy, that's um, making people more comfortable with themselves. So I was kind of like, I'm going to make people feel better about themselves by having my house be not perfect. And so it started carrying over to where when people were coming over, you know, I used to be like frantically cleaning and I'd be like, you know what, I'm gonna let things be dusty, because then everybody else will feel better about how to clean their houses. So I started giving my permission myself permission to not have this perception of perfection. So um so you made, anyway.
1: You made me think of something, and again, back to off track, but it's a good it goes hand in hand with what you just said. <laughs> so when and we're going to have to go back to a movie. And if you haven't seen it, you could look up Wikipedia. It, I think it actually got best movie back in the day, like 15 years ago, but it was called A Beautiful Life. And what it was actually in subtitles, but I love subtitled movies. It keeps me focused and I, they're usually really good. Mm-hmm. But is this what it, Italian? Was it, What's it uh, Italian? Yes. Was it Benito? Yes. yes. And, and what it was yes. about for those listening is the bottom line was it was a father and actually his wife, but I think she died right away, if I remember right. But it was a father and a son in a Nazi concentration camp, and the father created this whole story so that the son believed, back to staging, that the son believed that they were on a circus train. And don't look out the window because you're going to see the giraffes, and he would describe things, and the whole time they're in this concentration camp, the father depicted this beautiful life for this very small child and made him believe that they were part. And I, hopefully I'm getting the story, right? I'll have to look back, but he basically created this world that his son had no idea they were in a consciousness creation camp that they had a, he thought they had a beautiful life and they were part of the circus or part of a traveling team. And so where this comes into play is when I was going through my divorce, my counselor, who is an amazingly smart man, um, my boys at the at that time would have been uh, oh gosh, somewhere around this. I think they were eight, eleven, and fifteen, somewhere around there. The youngest was yeah. eight, if I remember right. Anyway, his advice to me back to Pollyanna is he said, "You're not doing your kids any favors. He said, "You have homework this weekend right. because he heard how I was talking. What I was doing, he said, "I want you to watch the movie." beautiful life and we're going to talk about it because that's what you're doing for your kids is you're sheltering them i was basically creating this beautiful life that nothing bad was happening in the sidelines that never to see me vulnerable everything was going to be not only was it going to be okay it was going to be better and i staged this whole life for my kids and that was kind of my whole purpose was to make them believe that nothing bad was going on and that their lives, we leave a beautiful life and bad things don't happen. And we got this figured out. I remember watching the movie. That was my homework and I came back and he said, you're not doing your kids any favors, okay? It was a great movie. This is what you're doing. and they're not going to know how to get out of it. It's better for them to see their mom. It doesn't mean I need to be a mess and crying, but he said, they need to see their mom vulnerable. They need to see that these things happen, bad things happen in life. And this is how we're going to get through it. That you're a new family. You can't pretend nothing is going on because that's what you are doing. And it was a great lesson. And I think about what you're saying was staging. I was staging my life and my kids on how I wanted that to look. And I was doing none of us any favors by doing that.
0: Right. And I think, you know what, you, I could go on a whole tangent about this with children because a lot of times we um, want to protect our kids and that's, and we think we're protecting our children by doing exactly what you did. So what you were doing was very well-intentioned but just wasn't enabling the kids to learn from what you were going through and what they were going through. And I'm not teaching them it's okay to be vulnerable.
1: Cause maybe like the oldest probably knew, right, Amy? And then he's like, we don't, we don't, we're not, you shouldn't act as an adult, like things are bad or. Yeah. Yeah. So it was good advice. so much to go into
0: that. So yeah, that's really good advice. I like that. (laughs) I'm listening to your counselor too. so we had some good questions that came in on this topic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you want to, let's talk through some of these because one of a, this one, um, this, I, this was a good one. How has your perception of real happiness changed from your twenties, thirties, forties to your fifties? Hmm. So I thought about this. (laughs) Okay. So perception of happiness in my twenties. It's interesting. When we moved a couple of years ago, I came across my, um, goals in college. We had to write our goals and I came across, um, my list of goals, my life goals, you know, and what was very interesting to me was, um, I wanted a house. I, I wanted a car. Now I was a poor college student when I wrote this. So my perspective was happiness was gonna be all this stuff. Like, um, I don't even know if I wrote marriage and family. Don't remember that, but it was a lot about the house, the car, um, to be a professional making money. Like, Mm That was my um, perception of what would make me happy right now. So in my 20s, interesting enough, um, that's what I did. I started acquiring stuff because I started making money. I was like, oh, let's buy a house. Oh, I can get a car. Oh, I can get all this furniture. Oh, I can have a decorator do my house. It was like this whole journey of acquiring stuff. right right (laughs) which has been a complete shift like you know now in my 40s that shift happened of away from the stuff um in my 30s my perception of happiness like i was in the throes of having children little children my perception of happiness was having quiet time me time that was happiness and that brought me happiness so Uh, yeah over the years that's interesting when I look at the decades how much my perception of happiness has changed right right how about yours you know what what's funny and it's fun to hear yours
1: because there's a lot of similarities but what's interesting is back to we talk about social media now I lived in a small town and I loved like i always loved clothes and the whole idea of being a businesswoman and having a briefcase back in the day. And so when I was in my 20s, part of it is you don't know what you don't know, but I used to always look at the Spiegel catalog. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore.
0: And I'd pick out all these outfits
1: (laughs) and I'd ear nose. And I mean, I I actually, I want to tell you like 20 years ago, I had saved every Spiegel catalog and, you know, I was going to have the writing boots. And so I had all these visions that had to do with this look I wanted and um i wanted the corporate job i wanted to live in the city i had all these visions of what that me looked like which is funny because if we would have had social media that's probably how i would have find myself and it was all about working my way up in the firm you know getting the job wearing the suits you know and those were suits back in the day i mean we had i remember little tie neck things right. nylons the whole bit um, but it was, yeah. I tell you, my 20s, my happiness was filling that look, being that person I wanted to be when I was the high school girl in the small town. And and I was also really big on making sure that if I got a promotion, that my small town paper got the, that every promotion had a picture. And I wanted everybody to know, look at me, look at me. And- um, <laughs> Isn't
0: that funny? 30s, I was <laughs>
1: new it was about kids and then it was really about and gosh is my life around clothes then i started to (laughs) i wanted to be like my mother you know the perfect mom all the things and then i wanted to impress my mother that i was being a younger version of her doing all the things the play dates the people the right friends the play groups but it probably revolved more around having the perfect family. So I went from having the perfect career and being the girl who was successful to having the perfect family. And then forties of getting, I got divorced when I was like 40, 42, maybe. Um, It changed to what's that, that was a defining moment for me because then it said, what the hell are you doing? And I really did a, what the hell are you doing moment? And what do you want to do? And what do I want my life to look like and I got really caught up in purpose and I looked at life differently but it was that defining event that changed me and I don't know what that would have looked like if I didn't go through the divorce I probably would have really been into what you know we started to really get into country clubs and golf right. leagues and we drank too much and hung out with, you know, we planned trips with all the other families and we got into kind of a higher level of family where it was more entertaining the adults too. And, and, and in retrospect, I think we kind of ignored the kids a little bit <laughs> because that kind of falls into that. You, you think you're creating this big event, but uh, that kind of happened early on and then my focus changed. So I think I realized the orgasm was fake then. So And then now I'm in my fifties and I think a lot about aging now. I think a lot about dignity and end of life.
0: I think a lot about that. Interesting. Yeah. You know, um, just a little side note. My dad passed away suddenly when he was 60. Really? And when I turned 50, which was this last August, (laughs) I'll be 51 this August, um, I had a moment of, Oh my gosh. uh, Let's just say I only have 10 years left and I'm going to say that little, that 50 was a mind shift for me because I was like, how do I want those last 10 years to look like? like. Because do I want it to be exactly what it's been all this time or Is there something I can do to make it better? Because if, if this is my last 10 years, which we never know how much time we have, um, you know, I just want to make sure I'm being very intentional about how I'm spending my time, what I'm spending my money on, how I'm taking care of myself. Like it just all became way more intentional. So it's awesome. I mean, I know. It's, so it's, it's these life events yeah. that do,
1: some people plan on, I'm going to live till a hundred. So I've got all the time in the world. And as we know, if there's something we all have in common is we're all going to die. And we have no right. idea when and how, and I'm not obsessed like, with dying, but I think about no. it a lot with aging parents. And right. I don't know, It it's, uh, it, it, it let's just say it is interesting how you look at life differently as you get older, because you don't know what you don't Oh, know. completely.
0: Life events can define you and, uh, uh, and make you change the way you think. So, okay, so one of the things, what advice would you give someone in their 20s was another question we had. Um, so I was thinking back to my 20s. And so you see, I've got this curly, curly hair. Mm-hmm. And so I was contemplating this morning as I was getting ready. And I have so much advice for them in 20s. But I was thinking to myself, I would tell myself not to get spiral perms. I used to always. <laughs> I spent so much money on spiral perms, and I'm like, I have got curly hair. If I just knew how to style it, I would have been fine. Right, but but again, it was the thing that everybody was doing, and I was like, oh, I guess I need to do that to have hair that looked like that not even realizing that I naturally had hair like that. So anyway, um, I guess capitalizing that would be, just because other people are doing it, um, doesn't mean to do it, which is, I sound so much like my mother when I say that.
1: But we're proud, aren't we? You know, Back to how things change over the ages. You wanna be like your mom, you don't wanna be like your mom. I you know.
0: spend all the time with your mom, she was so smart, she knew nothing. I know, but there's that saying of um, uh, if you're trying, I don't, I can't remember what it is. If you're trying to be like someone else, then nobody's going to be you right? or, you know, it's like that. You just have to be authentic to yourself.
1: And that and that's really unique. my advice to the 20 year old is number one, be the best you version of you, you can be and grasp it, know what it is, know your core values and hold them deeply. And and understand that other people have different values. You know, for instance, uh, uh, and don't get confused in what's a value and what's a what's a human flaw. Because if one of my high values is integrity, and if somebody lies, that doesn't mean we have opposite values. That's not lying is not a value, right? It's a character flaw. Right. You don't do that. Um, but right. know your values, hold them tightly. Value other people for not. For, for looking at things differently and holding things closer to their heart and be the best version of you and go with it, you know, understand others, right. but don't try to be like
0: them. Be yourself. Yeah. 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 Totally. I, um, heard way back when my kids were little, I heard this whole, uh, it was a, on the, a radio show. I don't even remember what it was, but I, what stuck out to me was they had statistics. On children who were um, considered uh, strange in high school or uh, not like they weren't the popular uh, mainstream kids in the school they were a little bit more unique a little bit more um, kind of out there individuals individualism is what I would say like and they had a study on those people how successful they were in adulthood and they were the ones who were the innovators. They were the ones that, yeah, it was a whole, um, that's awesome. I know. And my kids were young at the time. And I remember thinking, huh, so what I want for my children shifted a little bit because I had always wanted to be one of the popular kids you know I wanted to be the one that was liked by everybody and stuff like that and I always thought I wanted my kids to be liked by everybody but then it was a little like you know maybe I want them to be a little bit different and be more of an individual and not that I don't want them to be likable but you know just not to um be mainstream and normal. I guess that's what I would say.
1: <laughs> Does that right. make sense?
0: So I right. yeah. and celebrating all of that stuff instead of saying, you have to look like this. You need to dress like this. You need to have hair like this. Like one of my kids, she has blue hair right now. And I'm like, all right, you go girl. <laughs> <Some of> you <laughs> can I try to emphasize i
1: time with my kids. I- i'm not and i think if there's one thing they understand about me is if i'm helping them it's not to make myself look better or because i want them to look a certain way i'm helping them try to get to the end form whatever that is you know there's core competencies you know they have to be kind they have to be good citizens of their community they need to pay their bills they you know those they're the core things but past that if they want blue hair if they what job they want to do if they want to go Mess around in the mountains for a while, as long as they can pay their bills, and right. you know they're, they're staying core to their values. And it's you know, do it now before you have the mortgage and the kids and the. But but yeah, I'm here for them Toy. to help guide them to be the best them. And doesn't matter the color of their hair or when they go to college, if they go to college, you know, all those things. It's we figure it out yeah. as we go too with the plan. But sometimes plans are better a little looser than so tight that we have no room to deviate a little bit. You know, back to writing the goal right. when you're in college. It's all good, but right. life happens when you're busy making
0: right. other plans, right? John Lennon right. said it well. Yeah. So, speaking of hair, when I was in high school, you know, I was trying to exert my individualism and I, I got my hair cut short, but I had a tail. Do you remember tails? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> Never had a tail. I think about like, that. that. I was, was a little. While.
0: I, I was edgy. Yeah.
1: I, tried, I went yeah. through the stage of when Madonna and like a virgin that oh, I had like yeah. really big earrings. You know, that's when the the brat
0: pack. And the big hair. Big, the big yeah. hair. My friend I and I had identical hair.
1: hairdos where we'd put moose yeah. by the side and then it would go out. Oh, yeah.
0: Flash bands,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had a over the side. I, I played around <laughs> with lace a little bit. There's only so much I could do that my mom would let me out the door. So there was no bras, yeah. nor did I have the body for it. I always wanted to have, you know, I, I always wanted to be Mary Decker Tab back to who you are. Like the Mary Decker Tab was a really famous and a really good runner. She probably weighed 90 pounds soaking wet. She had the body of a runner. I had none of these things, right? And I remember putting yeah. her pictures up in my Locker that I wanted to be her. You know, I wanted to wear the little Speedo shorts, but I wasn't even built for that. Right. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. buying swimsuits that looked great on the six foot models, and I would put them on and I'd be like, well, maybe if I, for all the weight I lost, I'd never look good in those swimsuits. Right. right but at right. that age, I never thought about that.
0: Um, right. But experimentation isn't a bad thing. I know, figuring out what works for you. I will say, I did get a single earring pierce. Like when I was also, you know, edgy again I got for the one 80s. Left here and it still hurts sometimes, you know. I, I, it and right away, but I it know it still hurts. I've kept it over all these years. I'm like, that's my little bit of rebellion happening there. Although I think it's really mainstream these days. So, <laughs> but but anyway, you
1: think back <laughs> to rebellion. I, I actually embrace it, depending on what it means, because yeah. that's part of finding out your best self is experimenting right. and trying and how better do you know than what's in society and culture and finding different groups of friends and trying different things
0: and yeah right it's it's so going through um we have a question another question i want to bring in because this is okay go ahead so the question is i can you hear me i hope you can hear me um It says, we all know social media is a great example of chasing fake rainbows, which is true because we are all putting our highlight reels on social media. How do we manage getting, without getting off social media altogether, and how do we see social media as the enemy, or do you see social media as the enemy? So, okay, there's so much to talk about here. So we got to be quick because we don't want to go for an hour and a half, but this social media discussion, we may have to do another time too. But one of the things I do want to say, um, which I learned with my children is, um, you know, there was a time when they were getting on social media and they were younger and there was a lot of discussion of, well, so-and-so doesn't let their child on social media, so-and-so does. So there was a lot of mixed, um, at certain ages, you know, you're like, what am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing for my children to let them be on social media? And um, also kind of myself and what was being out there. And I'm pretty conservative with social media, but I do enjoy reading all the funny things. (laughs) That's kind of why I'm on there. But- What I came to the conclusion was my kids, social media is a reality. It's there. And I started letting my kids be on social media because they had to learn how to use it. And I wanted them to learn about it and how to use it with me being there to help them be a filter and have some, um, some insights of to why some things would be bad, some why things so I remember one of my girls on Twitter in eighth grade and I remember watching her and all of her friends and one of her friends had um a name and um it was I'm trying to remember exactly what her tagline was on Twitter, but I think it was like your bitch. And I remember having the conversation with my daughter as to, okay, so you might want to have a conversation with your friend about this and what, what's wrong with this? Like why, you know, let's, let's respect ourselves more than that as young women where, you know, there was this whole, and so I don't know if she ever talked to her friend, but it was a good talking point for us of, what what does that say about your values and you know things like that? So um social media has always been a good talking point for my kids and me. And also, yeah, just me knowing what's going
1: I think those are good points because the reality is back to being real, the real is it's there. So you can't pretend it's, it's not. There. You yeah. can't it's there. So how do you work around it? I tell you, and I'll be very brief, is I learned that it's okay not to read everything. Don't get into disputes with people you don't know. You know, if you're going to have, it's not a great place for a debate or conversation. Those are bored back to vulnerability in either small group or thinking through that because you're never, people are just looking for 90% of the time, you're not going to change somebody's mind. You're really not going to get your point across. So learn to walk away. Use it for what it is. And it shouldn't be for the deep stuff. It should be more superficial for what it is. So once you start either living your life through social media or taking things too seriously, that's not the venue for it. So, you know, take take things for what they are. Uh, Don't jump into dialogue. And that is not the, if you want a deep conversation, start with your, your, your good friends, your circles, and then think through it, you know, and, and then be careful of who you have joined mm-hmm. in the conversation, who you're going to challenge on things that don't make it into your life and keep it superficial the way it was meant to be.
0: That's, I, so I, you know, that's a really good point At identifying it as superficial and knowing that if you're participating in it, it's a, it's a superficial platform. Right. That's I, I think that if you have that perspective of the whole thing and you tell every you know you share that with your kids. I that's a huge mind shift of it's not reality. This is very superficial. So and Amy, what I'd say to and
1: I can't remember it was the question, the question was for all ages, right? Women of our ages and if they make comments like I got to get off social media because it's too hard or blah, 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 you've taken it too seriously.
0: You've totally.
1: (laughs) Which is fine, but then when you get back on, the the nice thing, here's the thing, social media provides an outlet for me to stay connected with cousins that I would never stay connected with, that I get to see the grandbabies, maybe a message here and there. And actually like with my father-in-law living here, he has a lot of people from his generation that look through and I can keep them updated on him that I wouldn't email and keep track. So there are a lot of great things, but they're superficial, you know? They're, right. don't take, if you get to that point, you've taken it too seriously. And you, you yes. do need to take a step back, but come back and just, you know, breathe a little bit. Enjoy a few pick, no one to move on. No one to not let things hurt your feelings because they're your feelings and only you can control
0: your feelings. Nobody else can. Right, right, I love that. Yes, good advice, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So are we getting close to timing? We are wrapping up. We're going to wrap this baby up. So what are you doing these days for some self-care? Last time we talked about books. I, you told me you finished Hamilton. Congratulations. Mm. Yay! I know that's like we're celebrating. Good job. Um, so let's talk self-care. Are you doing anything interesting for self-care or, you know, what's your, are you doing normal routine, trying anything new?
1: You know, I tell you the biggest thing is, is I walk my dog a ton, and I will actually we have tons of trail systems around here, and I will let him. You know, I'll just know if what time I kind of want to be home, and I literally let the dog lead me, and we find the most interesting places to go, and I go with. Uh, I typically are am listening to a book. You know, maybe make a phone call to someone. I my iPod, i iPods or AirPods are in um but but one thing and the reason back to bringing it into self-care is and back to 20s 30s 40s i used to think i have to run really hard i have to work out really hard my parents are so healthy my parents are in their mid 70s and their exercise their entire life has been walking and i always thought walking was a wussy thing amy i'm in the best shape i've been in in 10 years and my primary exercise is walking so i would tell you you. back to self-care you, you can do it on your own without, even though I do belong to a gym and I do other things, I'm not obsessed with going to CrossFit. I have to, uh, you know, I do my strength training with my mom, my silver sneakers, but my cardio doesn't have to be, I'm going to run as hard as I can until I pass out. Walking is giving me the same benefits and self-care and I find it very meditative and, um, enjoyable.
0: So I'd say that's my good for you. That's great. I'm a big walker. I love to walk. Isn't it awesome? Um, it is. Unless it's the middle of winter, then I'm a little like, yeah, I don't want to go out, but <laughs> but I, I love it this time of the year. It's great to go in, in the morning, having coffee on the patio afterwards. I'm like, right. this is perfect. Um, self-care. I started, so I'm kind of a hit and misser on meditating. Mm -hmm. And I downloaded an app the other day. What's it called? Uh, Simple Habit. And uh, it helps you keep meditating all the time. And I get notifications to remind me. So um, I've been doing that this week. And um, I'm enjoying getting back into the routine of doing it. Because I've been kind of with all this. Awesome. Awesome all this change in schedules going on, I've kind of missed my, my routine is always getting jumbled, but I'm getting back into that routine and I'm, it's, it's good. You know, I, I love not, uh, uh, you know, uh, thinking of thoughts as a thought coming in, a thought going out and just having a clean, clear mind for a period of time. Right. And I'm like, okay, thought comes in. Okay, I'm going to let it go back out. And then just trying to stay in that. It's pretty hard, but that's fun to do. Right. <laughs> anyway, so meditating. That's my new one. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So Sandy, great to talk to you today. We are on a roll next time. What are we talking about next time? We're we got... talking about parenting under the life script model. Oh. I am so excited about this because you've been talking about life script model for a while Mm -hmm. and I told you stop talking about it because I know nothing about this and I was so tempted to research it and I'm like, nope. So you're my teacher next time. I'm interested to see what we're gonna talk about. I cannot wait. And until next
1: time, Amy, you know, enjoy your meditation. I will my walks and uh, we will
0: wrap. Awesome. Right. Thanks Sandy. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Cut. Bye.